This is the Enthusiasts Guild, a place for conversations about wonderful and interesting things with the people who enjoy them. I'm Fletcher C. Finch. I'm Adam Zaremski. And our guest today is... Katie Wade. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Katie, you own a new business that makes tea. What's it called? How does that work? Yeah, uh, I'll give a little introduction here. I just started... Uh, my own small business uh, on Etsy. Uh, it's not, it hasn't grown larger than that yet, but it's called Time for Tea Herbal Apothecary, where I dabble in medicinal teas and other organic herbal supplements like tinctures, herbal smoking blends, uh, salves, balms, things like that. But my main focus is, in fact, herbal tea. And you brought some teas that were actually, we're sipping one of them today. Can you tell us what this tea is? Yeah, absolutely. So we started today with my High Priestess blend, which is based off of the High Priestess tarot card, which is all about trusting your intuition. And so I've used uh, intuitive herbs such as mugwort, lavender, damiana, and yarrow. But the cool thing about this tea in particular is the butterfly pea flowers, which are super high in antioxidants. Um, And so the tea that we're actually drinking is uh, like a rich royal blue. Um, So I like to think of it more as like a magical elixir of sorts. Uh (laughs) It it was somewhat shocking to see it come out of the teapot because it is such a strong blue. It is. Yeah. And, you know, most teas are going to be, you know, light yellow, have that very subtle tint to it. So I like having something that's bright on the eyes. It's a very subtle flavor in in a way I feel like you expect it to have this more pungent taste because of the color itself, but it's a very delicate, very floral, sort of earthy blend perfect for evening times. I think we should have a cheers. 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 Yeah. Yes. That really is delicious. <laughs> I, I quite I'm like I'm glad this. you like yeah. it. Yeah. You listed a bunch of ingredients for this tea. Yes. How did that come together? If we're looking at this specific one. This specific one, uh, a lot of it is uh, or was experimentation. I don't really have a good answer. Talking about intuition, at least, I follow my intuitive gut. Say, you know, oh, I I like, uh, oh, I I left an ingredient out. There's also thyme in here as well. So you, you might be able to taste a little bit of that thyme and lavender essence. I look at the herbs that I have and think well what might you know go together i knew that i wanted to use a lavender uh, mugwort and damiana um, from the start those are my three sort of intuitive herbs that i wanted to incorporate and then beyond that i wanted it to be blue i found the butterfly pea flowers and was like ah like this will be it just kind of like all fell into place i didn't really have a strategy or a structure to it just kind of made it up (laughs) What makes the herbs intuitive herbs? In the spiritual realms of speaking, there are different associations that flowers and herbs have. And some of them are, you know, more medicinally backed um, and some are just folklore stories. So Damiana, Mugwort and, um, and even Jasmine as well. If you search them, people have been long using these for lucid dreaming teas for intuitive enhancement teas in the past so like i didn't come up with that part specifically Mm. and again there's no real necessarily like science to say like oh well you know mugwort's gonna make you intuitively uh (laughs) enhance however one of my main points with uh these sort of tarot inspired teas is the mindfulness that you get by knowing what's in them 
drinking it and having that sort of reflection within yourself to be like, oh, it's a cute thing to do with yourself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what are your other tarot-inspired teas? I have a bunch. I have seven tarot teas at the moment. So my high priestess is one of them. My newest addition is the Magician, which is the second card of the Major Arcana, which is all about manifestation. So I do call this my manifesting tea. Again, it's not necessarily going to make you manifest your dream reality, but uh, it'll at least offer you a moment to sit and reflect and hopefully bring those thoughts and feelings to a grounded place. So this one here has Blue Lotus, um, which is considered a more spiritual flower itself. And then it also has Herba Mate green tea. So this is my only green tea blend. It's very floral. I'll open it up for you guys to sniff. Ooh, I feel like we're yeah. reaching the uh, SNL PBS. <laughs> our, uh, that is nice, though. For the listeners, can we describe what the tea <laughs> smells like? I would describe this. On the nose, it's very sweet. It doesn't ultimately have a, a sweet flavor because mm -hmm. green tea, well, it tastes like green tea. If you, if you know what green tea tastes like, uh, your herba mate typically will have a slightly creamier texture. Um, okay. And that sounds a little odd, but when compared to other types of green tea that can be a little bit harsher, it's, it's almost smooth and buttery. But again, paired with the Blue Lotus, it also has sage and Damiana. Uh, Damiana is one of my favorites. That's an uplifting antidepressive herb. And I, I was adds, curious yeah. because I'm not familiar with Damiana. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually one of my favorites. I actually incorporate it into a lot of my teas. Again, it doesn't have a super strong flavor. It's a little earthy, but beyond that, it doesn't have a su super potent nature to it. So I do try to add that to a lot of my blends. So it does, you know, give you that sort of uplifting nature. Yeah. yeah so that's in that as well. And this also has sage, which is another more uh, spiritual herb. I thought I well. recognized the smell of the sage. Yeah. It's fun. Um, so yeah, so I've got the magician. I've got a tea called the Sun's Promise, which is my happiness tea or my antidepressive tea that has calendula, chamomile, cornflowers, damiana, and St. John's wort. So damiana and St. John's wort are both antidepressive herbs. I like to call them nature's favorite antidepressive herbs, and there is actually science to back that as well. So yeah, that's a very nice, delicate, very like chamomile-y tasting herb. This has been my most popular seller so far. Uh, people seem to really like that. And I do encourage with a lot of these teas to be consistent, not a one pill cure all type situation, but rather a when you apply, uh, you know, tea into your life or, or welcome it in on a regular repetitive basis, that's when your body's really going to absorb all of those nutrients consistently. It's more of a slow patient healing with yourself than a quick fix. It's not a quick cup that's going to make you all better. You're going exactly. you know, to it, enjoy it. <laughs> nice. Yes. You know, we were talking a little before we started recording, and there's clearly, clearly a knowledge base here from what you have. So I'm just curious, like the history, how did you get into all this? Now, like, the stuff I'm hearing, like the ingredients, I'm like, wow, I didn't even know these existed. So yeah, w like if we're stepping back a little, where did that first get the interest for you to say, I'm curious about teas? Yeah. I mean, I've always loved tea. 
I've always been a, a naturalist of, of sorts, but I never really took a specific interest interest into learning about herbalism and herbal medicine until until COVID, until I all of a sudden had a ton of time with myself and took a took a good look at the kinds of things that you know I like to consume and then how I can curate that better for a better overall wellness. And so like a few I want to say like a few things have happened throughout my life that has slowly shifted my gears onto herbalism. The first one being valerian root extract or valerian root tincture. That was something that I wasn't aware uh, existed until a few years back when I was in college. And my, my therapist, my psychiatrist actually at the time, prescribed me valerian root extract for anxiety and depression. I was like, cool, what's this thing? And right. it, what can I say? Like, it works. It's a natural sedative, so it helps regulate your body's everything. I, I don't know how to do quite, I can't get too technical about it, but I have continued to use valerian root extract or tincture since I now make my own. Super easy. You take a bunch of the root and you cover it up with 80 proof or 90 proof alcohol. Let it sit, sit for four to six weeks. I typically like to let them sit for longer because that will extract the most out of it and it works. And so that shifted me on to, all right, what other natural things can I implement into my life that benefit me in such a way that I don't have to rely on more complicated, you know, modern medicines that maybe will have other side effects that I don't like so much. Sure. So from there, it was just yeah. like, you, you kind of took a deep dive almost? Yeah. Like so, started... so yeah, that was, that was one thing that happened. Um, and then again, I've, I've been drinking tea, you know, my whole life. Yeah, I guess it just sort of, tumble weed it snowball <laughs> snowball effect <laughs> into all right like what what can i do with this so i started buying a few herbal books i look i just i liked it and i got more and more into it and i still certainly don't know everything but i i've found the key things that i found have personally benefited me and i've been wanting to share that with others as well oh wonderful i enjoy tea as well and I've gotten, I drink a lot of Earl Grey, but then I'll, at night we'll have our herbal style teas too. And it was, I don't know, it's, it sounds lame to say, but it was like, oh, you can mix teas and mix yeah. stuff. So it, was there something for you where you're just like, I can put this here and this here, and then I'm going to create this concoction that's delicious. Yeah. I mean, I've always been really into cooking and baking, so I, I automatically enjoy the creating process additionally i dabble in uh what people would somewhat call witchcraft uh i consider myself to be a kitchen witch uh which means i most of my spiritual practice is based on or, or rooted in the connection to creating things to nurture physical body emotional body and like spiritual soul or like inner truth and so i do very much enjoy the physical process of, you know, being mindful about what am I using? How am I creating something that I am then ingesting? And that is sort of manifesting that health and happiness that I that I so desire. So with teas specifically, I wanted to start making specific teas for specific ailments that I had that would offer me a moment of mindfulness as well. So ritualizing it to be all right. Like now I have, you know, 10 minutes, I'm going to take my 
my herbs. I'm going to wait for my water to boil. I'm going to steep. I'm going to then have this cup of tea that I can sit with and enjoy and feel that physical, like my effort that went into this is also nurturing me in that mindful, peaceful way rather than, again, like quick fix of just dropping a tea bag and running out the door, which of course there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If you want a cup of tea, you can <laughs> and enjoy a cup of tea. But I like the physical process of doing all of these things and the sort of emotional benefit that I can gain from allowing myself that five or 10 minutes of healthy creation. The first episode that Adam and I recorded was actually about Manhattans. And we had <laughs> talked at that point about the ritualistic aspect of mixing a cocktail. Yeah, so same thing. And this is, I would say, more beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> depends on the moment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it depends on circumstances. But but there is something, before we started recording, you had referred to yourself as a beverage enthusiast. Yes. And I, I think that there's something wonderful about that ritual and creation that, that go together. And then when you are consuming it, you're not just throwing it back you're mm -hmm. actually enjoying it and you know what went into creating it yeah and and that is super important for me and i felt like as i've grown into myself and and learned more about what i like and what i want my life to be like mindfulness certainly plays a big role in that and is a huge part of why i even started doing these teas as well because I feel like a lot of my life I've rushed through. I and mean, even though I've enjoyed drinking tea, it's always been a, well, it tastes good. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the only reason that I was doing it. And as soon as I started to dabble in this stuff and again, ritualize it and make it more of a, you know, creative process and experience that added a lot of fun and a lot of joy to just give myself like, ooh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this thing. And realizing that I wasn't giving myself enough time to do that creativity or be that creative and also nurture myself in the process, this tea making really opened up a space for me to be able to do that and to encourage others to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself space and time and a moment to make something for yourself and know what you're making and why you're making it and then being able to enjoy that and have maybe an introspective moment as well, I think can be really beneficial for everyone in this day and age. Building off of what you were saying about mindfulness and mindfulness meditation, I think so often we're not present in the moments that we're experiencing. Absolutely. And so, yeah, something like this, building that ritual gets your attention on the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's a, and I, I don't even want to use the word excuse because it shouldn't be an excuse. It shouldn't be something that you, you have to make an excuse for to give yourself. And yet uh, a lot of us are really distracted. And I know this from personal experience where I just I feel like I'm on autopilot and I and I live my life and I do my things and I go to school and I go to work and I am ultimately neglecting that, you know, peace, love, happiness joy and connection that I need in my life because I am too focused on the external circumstances of of my life and not so much on the internal. And that's, again, kind of what geared me into this herbalism is finding a reason to learn more about, you know, what is actually going to benefit me and how do I create 
a ritual around that that makes it so much easier to perform. So I've had I've struggled in the past with like, you know, taking medications on time. And when when it becomes like a, you know, a job that you have to do, oh, I, I can't forget to to do this. I need to do this because it's healthy, you know, and all of that. It it strains me a little bit to say, oh, like I have I have to go do this thing because I know it's good for me and almost sort of angry about it. And I shouldn't <laughs> be. And so I was trying to find new ways to make it a joyous experience, a peaceful experience and not a oh, like I have to go. I have to go take my medicine or I have to go like make my cup of tea because I know I'll feel better. It's like, no, I actually I know I'll feel better and I can give this to myself as like a as like a present um, at the beginning of my day or at the end of the day or both. And it's really pleasurable. How many cups of tea do you think you have a day? I would say around two to three. But I don't necessarily drink tea every day. Sometimes I get home from work and I'm just simply too tired and I'll go to bed. But yeah, I, I would say around two cups of tea. And that's like eight day. ounces if we're... Yeah, yeah like a... Like well, a no, I, I've got big mugs. Okay. I've got <laughs> <laughs> two healthy doses okay. of, of tea. <laughs> now, do you recall the first time that you had tea and were awakened to... It's subtleties? Not that I can recall at this moment. I, I have always enjoyed tea that you can buy at the store. Like when I was a child, my mom and I would have tea parties. That was a thing that I still have very fond memories of. We would have Alice in Wonderland themed tea parties for me and my friends. Um, and we'd normally have a selection, you know, we'd have chamomile and peppermint and English breakfast and Earl Grey and Red Singer, your sort of typical display if you were to go to an English tea house or or whatever and that definitely started me on just liking tea but more so on the herbal medicine side of you know creating my own herbal blends and wanting to get some medicinal benefit out of that I can't really place it it was I think one of the first teas that I made for myself was a sleep tea I used to suffer with restlessness, insomnia, all that. And the valerian root definitely helped, but I was looking into other sedative herbs that could help. And so I do sell this tea on my on my shop right now, which is, I call it my knockout tea because it has almost every single type of well-known sedative herb you can think of. I use the chamomile peppermint as the main flavor profile like if you go to the store and buy sleepy time tea that's normally going to be chamomile and peppermint it's very soothing very aromatic so it's automatically going to put your body into that zen state mm. but neither of those actually have any sedative qualities chamomile is calming for sure but none of it is actually going to make you fall asleep so after I started with the chamomile and the peppermint, I added St. John's wort. I've added wild lettuce, hops. Hops is a huge <laughs> sedative. They're, oh, passion flower and lemon balm. Um, passion flower and lemon balm are two uh, herbs that I use in a lot of my other blends as well because they are very calming. But all of these herbs paired together in one should make you feel quite sleepy. 
And I've done various experiments on on various friends, uh, <laughs> and it, it seems to work great for some. It works great for me. Obviously, if you're used to taking another sleep aid, specifically, you know, like a, a sleeping pill or something like that, your body is already trained to respond to certain things, so you may not have the same sleepiness effect. But that's also the great thing about herbal medicine and, and tea is you can curate it to your own preference and how you respond. So all of the teas that I have made, I find work for me. I can't guarantee that they're going to do the same for everyone, mm -hmm. but I can at least offer that that knowledge and that information out there for those who want to experiment and try. And it's fun. <laughs> What's your ingredient room look like? Ooh, is it um, something where you walk into and you're just hit by a ton of aromas? Honestly, not so much. I, I try to keep it clean and all of my herbs are kept are stored in glass jars. That is what's going to preserve them at the highest quality for longer. Ultimately, the herbs aren't going to like go bad. Like all of these herbs are all organic. They're dried. Um, so, you know, they're not going to spoil or go bad. But obviously, the longer you keep them around over time, they will slowly start to Lose, they'll lose, lose their potency. Yeah, they'll lose their potency, their nutritional quality just from being exposed. But typically for, again, like these herbal teas, if you work your way through it, it shouldn't be, you know, you're not going to keep it on the shelf for two years and then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to show you this picture because it is pretty cool. I like it. And again, uh, I mentioned before we went on air that I want to be the witch in the woods and in the cottage. So this this is what my current setup. That's just my wall of or my shelving that has all of my jars. I'm looking um, at three shelves with stacked with a ton of mason jars, some giant ones, some smaller ones, all labels. That looks very impressive. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. It makes me happy to to walk <laughs> into that room. And I do have more jars. That's actually not all of my jars, but oh, you wow. can't. I don't have a picture of my other jars that I keep in sort of a drawer underneath. Those are more so my roots um, and my barks, uh, things that I don't typically put into tea because for those strong, hardier mm. herbs, that's what I use in my tinctures. Uh, you're not going to get the same medicinal quality by steeping them in hot water. You can make a deco decoction, um, which is where you actually simmer it over the stove for about 20 to 30 minutes, with, in which you'll get that same medicinal quality. But I try not to. I try not to use them in my teas because you're just you're just not going to get the quality of them out. So yeah, all of my barks and roots and hardier and berries my hawthorn berries and my juniper berries are stored in a uh, shelving that's underneath the dresser kind of so do, yeah. do you feel like the kitchen witch when you are putting all of this oh together? yeah i have and i have a fun time too like i have been trying to get more technical and methodical about you know so i can replicate my recipes and mm. for the most part i know my percentages of how much of this i add but I do get carried away, so I have a giant glass bowl, which I do my mixing in, mm -hmm. and I kind of just take my jars, and oh, a little bit of this, and I, I feel like the, the witch in Brave, oh, you know, yeah. who's just like adding things to the pot, and I kind of just <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, I, I feel like it needs a little bit more of this, and then every once in a while, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll try this, and I'll test it, and I'll be like, okay, I think it's good, or, you know, I want to add a little bit more of this, and it's a lot of, like, handwork as well, you know, I like... 
back to the you know kitchen witch spirituality end of it i like touching my herbs i like mixing it i like you know obviously clean hands everything like Mm -hmm. that but having that sort of physical process is is very fun and i feel like i can sense when when the tea is ready or not so do you have music that you often listen to when you're doing this? Yep. Uh, music will, I don't have like a set set playlist. There actually is a playlist though that I occasionally listen to, which is called Tarot and Tea. I don't know who created it, but it's on Spotify. So I'll listen to that one or I'll just listen to whatever mood I'm in. So <laughs> it's a vibe for sure. Oh, that's great. Fletcher, do you drink much tea? I do. It's funny because when you were talking about all this, I thought, oh, I've I've never even been inclined to mix my own teas and then i thought about how again during the depths of the pandemic i was drinking a lot of this ginger and lemongrass tea and i i quite liked it but i thought it's it needs a little bit more of a kick and we often keep fresh ginger in the house and so i would grate the ginger in and then i'd steep the tea and i kind of got my perfect tea mix with that and just a little bit of honey and Mm. Oh, it, it was perfect and so yeah that's that's usually my go-to although uh, you had mentioned earl gray and i do love a nice hot earl gray in the morning yeah i do love earl gray i don't i don't dabble so much in black teas i do have one which is my morning glory wake up tea uh which has assam black tea and uh powder arco bark i may be uh, mispronouncing that i've actually never heard it I'm spoken sure. out loud <laughs> and it has it has ginger and lemon peel so it's a very refreshing morning tea but uh my only tea right now that has that strong ginger flavor is my uh fool's journey new beginnings tea so you can take a take a whiff of that was it fun coming up with those names oh absolutely i i don't know quite when i was inspired by tarot to to start doing these blends it just sort of came about and i was like you know that's like that's a really good inspiration for targeting certain areas of mindfulness so the the major arcana is basically a it's a journey it starts with the fool and the fool encounters all of these characters or concepts on on his journey of self-growth and self-reflection and they all offer sort of some piece of wisdom so it's also my way of trying to teach people um, not necessarily about tarot but about um, those introspective nuggets that when we sit with ourselves when we when we ask ourselves these questions or offer a moment of mindfulness (laughs) to be redundant I think it's really healing so I, I think that those elements pair really well together the tea and the time and the mindfulness and just it's it's very healing and reviving were you coming up with like taking the names and then figuring out a recipe for the name or was it more you had the recipe and you're like, oh, this would go well with? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Really? So, for example, so the Sun's Promise, which is my happiness tea, I created it first. And I don't even remember what I was going to call it before. I think I was just going to call it like my happiness tea. And then when I started playing around with the tarot associations, I was reading, I've got like a tarot book. I'm by no means a tarot reader or an expert. I use it more for personal use and you know self-reflection and journaling and stuff like that so I do have a tarot book that I refer back to quite often I don't know all of the things right off the top of my head but what I did my description for the sun's promise 
tea is that the the sun signifies enthusiasm that comes only after emerging from the darkness within ourselves, revealing great clarity in times of depression, murky situations, and offers you renewed vitality, improved health, and conscious understanding of the joy of life. So it is that breath of fresh air. Again, this is the one with St. John's War and Damiana and chamomile. I say drink this whenever you may be feeling in the darkness with yourself or with others and remind yourself that the sun will always be a reminder to rise another day. That is one of the things that I liked. I checked out your Etsy store and I love how you have little descriptions like that or almost sayings that go along with the tea. Yeah. So all of those are written basically sum- summaries of of the cards themselves and what I've learned using my tarot cards in the book. So each one has Again, that just moment of, you know, this is what I encourage people to think about when they're making this cup of tea. I think that that's helpful in a lot of ways. And whether you, you know, choose to do that, that's completely up to you. If you just want a cup of tea, again, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment here. But that is something that I enjoy about this tea enjoying process. Walk us through making the right cup of tea. What what should people be doing? Ooh, all right. So I I do when people buy my tea on my store, I do have little printouts that I call it my how to brew a perfect cup of tea. And I guess if we want to, <laughs> I'll start with uh, temperature. Temperature is is really important, especially depending on the herbs that you're using. So I do make a little a little warning note that. Some of my teas that include lavender or mugwort or slightly more bitter herbs, the hotter water you're going to use, it can actually burn the herbs and that will release a more bitter, astringent, unpleasant taste. I always wondered that because I'd be making my own and I pretty much once the water's boiling, you know, I hear the tea kettle going and it's like, oh, shut the tea kettle off. And probably within a minute, it's like, yeah, so so oftentimes, again, it, it. doesn't it doesn't really matter for more florals um but i do recommend so what i what i write on my little sheet is after your water is boiled uh if you don't have a thermometer just let your water sit for a few minutes just let it cool down from that high peak of boiling so it's still going to be very hot but you don't run the risk of burning their herbs and and aggravating them almost you know you want to give them a hot bath but not a scalding uh, (laughs) pour over so yeah so temperature is super important for black teas and green teas you want a slightly lower temperature even more i don't have the exact really green and black are lower Green and black, so especially... I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) Especially green teas. So for green teas, I believe you're supposed to do it at like 206 degrees. And that's for the same reasons where you're probably Yeah, for the same reasons. um, You run the risk of of burning the herb. So it is slightly lower for black teas and and, uh, green teas. Also because those normally will include tannins, which is what... You can also get like the caffeine as well. Yeah, so I typically recommend for herbal teas, uh, you know, 208 degrees is customary. But if you don't have a thermometer, just let your just let your water cool for it's a like second. A chill moment, just relax. Yeah, ju- uh, just re- again, this is tea. There's no need to rush into it. You're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not coffee, people. You know, relax. Yeah, so. relax. Well, relax. I, I was going to say <laughs> my little hack when I'm making tea is that I'll use the Keurig, but not use the coffee cup and just 
use that to heat the water because it heats it to 192 degrees. So then I know I won't scald my tea. (laughs) There you go. So that's perfect. Yeah. I also, with temperature, I prefer to steep my tea a little longer. You know, most people typically will steep for two to three minutes. um, Or if you're using tea bags, we'll just like keep the tea bag in there for Mm -hmm. as long as you want. I try to steep my tea for around five to six minutes, depending on what's in it. I feel like that's going to extract the most flavor and you know medicinal benefits without over steeping and ending up with a stronger more pungent tea because uh, those flavors will start to deepen the longer they're kept under the water and sometimes that's not what you want you don't want a super hearty earthy tea sometimes you do sometimes i do but i prefer the more delicate flavors personally mm-hmm. <laughs> i did i did mention this earlier when we were brewing this uh, the high priestess i like my herbs and flowers to swim freely used muslin tea bags before uh, that is something that i'm planning on adding to my shop as soon as i can get some more supplies in where they're just individually measured you know tea bags but they are biodegradable um you know they're cotton muslin so you mm-hmm. can throw them out and they'll eventually decompose. But I do like to just throw my loose tea into into the water, pour the water over it, let those like fully soak up, you know, stir it around. And then after the brewing time of, you know, three, four, five, six minutes, however you like, then straining out the excess plant matter because I don't want to oversteep. Right. So that's my personal preference. I say whatever is easiest for the drinker, you get to create or take those creative liberties if you prefer to use a t-ball or anything else (laughs) feel (laughs) feel free but that's my personal recommendation i do love that visual of it them swimming freely yeah and again that that's part of the ritualism in it as well is you're brewing a concoction you know you have all these ingredients i i like to see them i like them all infusing because mm-hmm. i mean ultimately that's what it is it's a it's a herbal infusion you're you're taking in the medicinal benefits of <laughs> uh, of the herbs through hot water i don't know <laughs> huh? have you made a terrible batch is there something where you oh, just like you mix it where you're like ooh, that is certainly and and actually one that i didn't that i didn't bring i'm still playing around the, with the recipe so i think i may end up shifting the recipe um once i'm through the stock that I have, um, which is my lucid dreaming tea. I've edited it a lot because the original flavors that I wanted to use were just too strong. Um, So I originally had lemon balm and lemon verbena and lavender and mugwort and something else in there probably. And it just created a really strong bitter tea. Um, and again, I don't really mind bitter teas, especially at night. Some of those sedative herbs will be more bitter. Um, so if you want them to work, you know, you're kind of just, well, this is this is what you got, you know, add some, add some honey. But I ended up adding elderflower to it to balance out. And it became more of an elderflower forward tea which is not my favorite but originally what i wanted it to be just simply didn't work um it just didn't taste the way that i wanted it to um Mm -hmm. and so that was a little you know frustrating and disappointing because i'm like oh well i love all of these things why doesn't it taste good (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) But that's part of the experimentation process as well. And I've certainly made other teas where, you know, I thought certain things would go together Mm -hmm. and they just haven't. So I've tried to just sort of like, you know, add more and mask it. But it's fun to experiment and not every tea is going to be for everyone ultimately. So I do what I can. (laughs) If someone were brand new to the world of teas, what would you suggest that they start with or where would you steer them? Oh, well, I suppose that depends on, you know, what they like and what they're sort of trying to trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of herbs. I find that people tend to look at tea as something that's, oh, well, you know, it's nice and enjoyable, but kind of poo poo the, you know, medicinal aspect of it. So if someone were looking for something to help them sleep or something to wake them up or something to manage anxiety or depression or enhance brain function or things like that. There are very specific herbs that I would recommend mm-hmm. dabbling in to see if they they support you in the right ways. Otherwise, if you're just looking for something tasty, well, that depends on what you like. There Again, there's so much. Do you like floral? Do you like earthy? Do you like grassy? Do you like strong pungent flavors like peppermint or ginger there's a lot to work with and that's part of the reasons i've had so much fun creating the blends that i have is because you can balance all of these things out in in different ways but not everyone likes everything i'd mentioned before that i had enjoyed putting together a version of a lemongrass and ginger tea and I loved putting the fresh grated ginger in there because I really wanted a kick. And in Mm -hmm. part, it was because I was replacing having a cocktail with having tea. (laughs) And so I just wanted like strong flavor right up there and some sweetness from the honey and citrus flavors from the the lemongrass. Or I'd put a little like squeeze a lemon or zest or something Mm -hmm. on there too. But yeah, I I think depending on what you're looking for, there are all sorts of options. Too often, I think we think of tea as one bland brown drink yeah whereas there's such a variety there really is and yeah again people sort of when they think of tea they don't think of it being an herbal infusion they think of it being tea well there's you know there's black tea and there's you know you might get your sleepy time tea or but people really don't know a lot about tea like Mm. you grab the box at the store and then you brew it at home and you're like oh this tastes nice cool awesome and part of my exploration was like i want to know what i'm drinking and why i'm drinking it Mm -hmm. and so that like importance of creating something that's specifically targeted that i know about that i'm putting into my body that makes it all much more significant well and it seems like the physical aspect of it is as important to you as the spiritual aspect oh for sure yeah i mean there's they're intertwined on on that level. And yeah, I'm still learning. Like I'm still experimenting. I, I brought my my big herbal medicine book because I still don't know a lot of things just like off the top of my head. A lot of my building of these things is just like research, like looking through, finding new herbs that I haven't experimented with, saying what goes well with this thing, but also has the same sort of medicinal effects or benefits. It's all growing learning experience for me. Like, I want to learn more. I, I would love to get to the point one day where I just like 
off the top of my head know (laughs) (laughs) you know what 500 herbs do for you right now i think i could could do maybe like 60 yeah even with my jars at home like i i think i maybe have around 80 and that's just scratching the surface on the the world of herbalism and it's cool Now, just to be sure that we're covering all of our bases, I did notice that your Etsy store includes a disclaimer about the FDA. Yes. Uh, do, do you want to do you want to say any of that right now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly. Uh, you know, I I just started this for my own, you know, per- personal benefit. I am in no way a certified healthcare practitioner. I can't tell you what is good or what will work or what will not work for you so i do make a disclaimer saying you know all of this is for educational purposes only you know i do fact check myself i have various uh herbal medicine books i got a you know an herbalism certification on udemy over the summer just because i thought it was going to be fun yeah but yeah to actually become a certified herbal tea seller where you know you've gotten that certification from like the the fda or whatever i'm i'm not expecting it to get that that (laughs) far Um, so yeah i do have to disclaim that this is the intention behind the tea this is the the focus um and i do try to curate those herbs to specifically fall into those categories but ultimately at the end of the day use at your at your own risk especially when it comes to uh, you know, certain medical conditions, or if you have any other medications, I am not well versed in knowing what may cause conflict. Um, so I do encourage people to at least be, again, mindful and aware of their own condition and to use them with caution. But again, at the end of the day, they, these are all healthy herbs you know there there's no toxic poisonous stuff you're not going to accidentally poison yourself but (laughs) yeah yeah it's tea it's tea it's tea tea. at the very end i think you could just be like you know what i'm having a cup of tea i'm going to be in the moment and enjoy this so i think that's a yep (laughs) that's a good thing to take from it at the very least absolutely i'm going to relax with my cup of tea yeah at the end of the day that's all it is it's a cup of tea (laughs) anything that you wanted to share that we haven't gotten to in terms of the modern perspective on herbalism and herbal medicine uh, and a lot of people not necessarily like not taking it seriously, but saying, oh, well, it's not as effective as something I can buy at CVS or it's not going to give me that instant gratification that that I need. <laughs> One thing that's really stuck with me during all of my research, during all of my experimentation is that herbalism really works if you allow it to if you are someone who is interested at all it's a very effective natural and inexpensive system for healing that is really easily accessible and readily available to anyone who chooses to use it and i think some people just need like a little encouragement for that patient consistent healing and I encourage people to to give it give it a shot, <laughs> at least. And can you tell us again where people can find your store? Yeah, I am on Etsy. the The name of my shop again is Time for Tea Herbal Apothecary. Uh, in my Etsy store, that's a for the the number, not the letter. But you can also find me on Instagram. Same thing, Time for Tea Herbal Apothecary. And 
I hope you enjoy. (laughs) Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Enthusiasts Guild. Leave us a voicemail at 716-222-0828 to share comments, questions, and suggestions. You can subscribe and hear all our episodes through your podcast player of choice. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The Enthusiasts Guild, on Twitter at Enthusiast Guild, no us, or contact us at theenthusiastsguild at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Nicholas Barkham.